0: Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike on 105.9 The Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and this is Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike Carrozza. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez. Dr. Mike, how are you doing from the home studio? As we, you know, as we prepare to say goodbye to May, many would say thankfully, right?
0: You know what? I can't wait for June. Uh, I'm a June bug myself, so I'm, I'm a fan of June. I love the warm weather. Whenever you think of June, you know that the warm weather is coming. And let's just face it, Tina. I mean, when the warm weather comes, so does a lot of positivity, right? You know, getting outside more. Of course, we're going to keep our social distance, but we can get outside. We can get some warm, warm weather. I don't think there's any polar vortex coming uh, anytime soon, right? Yes.
1: Now, what about in terms of our immune system around this time? We're still, many are still uh, physical distancing. We're self isolating. Um, what do we do in terms of trying to get that immune system up to par when we are going to be outside probably more than usual?
0: Well, first of all, being outside is actually going to get our immune system where we need it to get. To. Okay. So that's number one. Being outside is going to have um, really, really good health properties, including sunshine, um, sunshine and some good vitamin D is really and fresh air is actually essential for our immune system to function. Now we don't want to boost our immune system. We want to support it. We want to keep it on this steady stream. And we'll talk a little later about this and how keeping our immune system in that steady sort of stream versus having that up and down spikes. That's nothing what we want to see, but we want to see that more steady. So, you know, the antiviral properties, um, in In the warm weather and just being outside is going to be important because um, ozone, which is in fresh air, has a lot of antiviral properties and immunomodulating effects, and so is the vitamin D as we know this so, um, but besides that, of course, you know we want to keep on you know eating well, right? That we want to keep on this this track of nutrient dense foods. We'll talk a little bit about that, and specifically the color rich foods. So we want to eat more colors. When, you know, you, you'll see it how it looks nice on a plate versus if you just had a steak with some greens. But if you had some greens, some uh, some greens and some carrots, and you know, and some uh, maybe some um, uh, Brussels sprouts or broccoli. Uh, or even some cauliflower, just to have the colors in a wide variety of these polyphenolic compounds that are going to help with your immune system and and put forth a lot of the uh, antioxidant levels that you're going to need to keep your immune system in that prime state, like you mentioned.
1: Now, we have those that are immune compromised, whether they're going through cancer therapy, they might be elderly, they might be in long-term facilities. That's a different group. What about you know, the average person who has been, you know, social distancing, has been monitoring themselves, has been physical distancing. How do we make sure as we gradually reopen and come back, how do we make sure that we're not taking 10 steps back?
0: Yeah, no. Well, first of all, you know, we're all staying home. And the reason why we're doing our social distancing is for these immune compromised people. It's actually everybody playing their part. You know, we thank a lot of the frontliners, and let's put this uh, let's put this out there. We do thank a lot of the frontliners, but this particular episode, I want to thank every single one of our community members that actually stayed home and did what they had to do. Because if it wasn't for those people to stay home, our numbers wouldn't be where they are today, and they're dropping. And the reason why they're dropping is because we're protecting the population, because we're protecting these immunocompromised patients. Because let's face it. If you're not immunocompromised, we know the data's out there that you have a fighting chance. It's the immunocompromised people that don't have this fighting chance. So when you're thinking about social distancing, it's that selfless act, that unselfishness that is actually perpetuating and getting out there. And it's really challenging because you want to see your grandmother. You want to see your loved one. You want to go to that uh, grade eight graduation. You want to go to that graduation and be amongst those colleagues. But what's happening is the greater picture is we 're actually taking that step and we 're becoming that big brother we 're becoming that person that that better and bettering ourselves and the community and society and for this, I think you know if you had to ask some of these elderly patients in these in these uh, long uh, long term care facilities if you had to ask them and you put a camera on them and, and I think they would say thank you to every single one of our people that are staying home that are self quarantined that isolating that actually are not a high risk so um what I want to make note is that the, the weather, warm weather is going to come out. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be nice. But we still got to be careful because there's the asymptomatic sh- shedders that are going to be amongst us. There's going to be people that are not going to explain, display any symptoms and they won't have symptoms. And these are called the asymptomatic, meaning that they don't have any symptoms of the virus and they could be potentially shedding the virus. And, and so this is, what's the, this is what the scientists, the doctors, this is what public health, this is what they're concerned about. Because it's the silent threat, this invisible at risk. These are the ones that you don't know what's going to happen. And so, and, and, you know, for just for our listeners as well, there's probably people that look amazingly healthy that you would never think because they're on life-saving drugs to help their lungs or to help their immunocompromised situation. So you never think, and, and nor should they share their private and personal health with anybody. So you will probably not be privy to that information. So whether they have Crohn's or colitis and on some kind of um, you know, uh, immunocompromised, sorry, immune modulating drug or whatnot, these are very expensive, so you wouldn't know. And they look perfectly fine. You, know, you go around, you're going to come out of this quarantine, this isolation, and lo and behold, you can actually affect somebody that you had no clue you'd probably be affecting. Right. So let's, let's just be smart about this as we come out. Let's keep doing this selfless act as the Canadians that we are. And we always think about our, 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 you know, our family and our friends and our loved ones and even the the people outside. Um, So just be careful. Uh, Still contain, still be a social distancing. You know, you can still have a bonfire, you know, you can still have a bonfire and have people two meters away you know, if the time comes and when this gets lifted, right? But um, I I believe we're going to come out of this on top, Tina. I really do. And I believe it's because of our citizens and our community and what most of Ontarians and, of course, the Canadian population has done.
1: Absolutely. Great advice. Let's continue to respect each other because as we head into June, we don't want to make all that we've done since probably March be for nothing. So let's continue doing what we're doing and being very respectful and mindful of each other. When we come back, an expert on immune health. Stay with us. This is Health is Wealth on 105.9 The Region. Hi, I'm Miranda Malasani. Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike is brought to you by Nature's Emporium, your neighborhood health food store offering everything natural and organic. Make it your one-stop destination for freshly prepared meals, clean beauty products, nutraceuticals, and nutrient-dense options in every aisle. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to Health is Wealth. Over to Dr. Mike with today's guest.
0: Well, thank you, Tina. Uh, Thrilled to be joined by a mentor of mine and someone who's been very busy as of late, Dr. Paul Anderson. He's a naturopathic medical doctor and medical director and the founder of the Anderson Medical Group. His facility um, in in advanced medical therapies is one of the first of its kind in the U.S. offering therapies in multiple modalities and has many, uh, a couple decades of research and patient care. Um, First of all, Dr. Paul Anderson,
2: welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here.
0: Well, you know, I know you're in Seattle, right? I am. Yes. And, and you know, like these are some challenging times. Of course, the U.S. has been hit hard. We're all talking about this right now, about this COVID-19. Of course, this is what you've been busy uh, with. I think this is like your thousandth uh, uh, <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been mm-hmm. a little busy, but I mean, tell us about how things are in the U.S. right now. Like, I know you guys got hit pretty hard. Like, how are things there uh, currently?
2: you know um <clears throat> in uh, seattle uh elscreff is saying we we don't know where the first case really was in the us but in seattle we had the first hospitalized case so we we've been dealing with it from kind of the, the front end uh the upside is that our um our our numbers uh, our patient positive numbers seem to be trending down um, we're getting functionally used to what's going on uh we're you know, people are not really back to work regular, but uh, there's a lot more going on, and and we're just you know walking through it to see how uh, see how people are doing and how, you know how it's going. But uh, we're not uh, we were not hit as hard as say New York was, thankfully, but we did have some pretty rough times, especially in the early weeks. Yeah,
1: and I remember that in the early days, Doctor Paul. I remember watching. Um, Como News, to be honest, <laughs> and I remember that breaking story when this first started <clears throat> really taking over all the headlines. What were those early days like?
2: It was it was kind of surreal uh, because there, you know, if you take uh, January, where we had, uh, you know, we knew what was going on in Asia, and I was looking into that, which we may talk about later, uh, and. Then all of a sudden we had a case here in uh, literally like a mile and a half from where I'm sitting, the hospital that had the first case was, and I thought, hmm, you know, I wonder where this is going to go really, uh, because hadn't really seen much. And, and we'd had people with some odd illnesses, but I mean, we hadn't had any diagnosed cases. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just started to snowball and, and, um, you probably, if you're watching Como or any of the other local outlets, uh, we, we unfortunately had a really bad, uh, elder care facility that uh, had a lot of cases and deaths and things. And I was working with some family members of, of some of the elder, uh, elders in elder care, trying to, you know, help them with some resources, et cetera. So it's been, it's been, uh, it went from like zero to a hundred in, in a few days, literally. Uh, and then on my end, you know, I, I I have a couple of day jobs that I do, and all of a sudden I start getting asked for uh, interviews around immunity and, you know, all, all of these different things, um, and that just hasn't, it's, it just hasn't slowed down. Uh, so it's like someone turned a faucet on, I think the people here in the Northwest region, Seattle, et cetera, are feeling, we're kind of numb, but used to it, and Thankfully, we're not having escalating numbers, which is good. Uh, so that's where we're at, yeah.
0: And let's talk about uh, this immune system, our immune system in general. I mean, during this COVID, I mean, it's not about boosting the immune system. I mean, you hear a lot of talk about, you know, let's boost the immune system. I, I think the the truth is, and, and, and I think you could agree with this, isn't it more about supporting the immune system, Dr. Paul?
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, we've done some, <clears throat> a lot, lot, of the interviews been around that, and I think what happens is people, uh, well, doctors and lay people, they just have this notion that, well, if you're sick, the best thing is to kind of, you know, kick the immune system up and boost it, or you know, supercharge it or whatever, and it's, it's unfortunate terminology, and I, I think a lot of people don't mean that when they say it. Uh, the way the human body works, though, is unless you have an immune deficiency or another disease that takes your immune system, you know, out of the game or something, what you want is a uh, an immune system that stays in its its place so it can rise and fall to the needs of you know whatever you're being hit with, and uh, you also want an immune system that has enough backup, which are largely things from what we eat and take in et cetera. nutrients are are really what the immune system runs on uh and then we make the rest inside of our body so yeah what you really want is an immune system that can do everything it's designed to do and has all the uh all the materials to do that with all the nutrients and polyphenols and all the cool stuff that we get from diet and we make within our body so yeah, the the idea of boosting is is it's a notion, but really you don't you don't want your immune system running super high all the time because you're going to have bad reactions. So you want it to rise when it needs to and chill out when it needs to. Yeah.
1: And so, how do you get it to run as it should? Then does it come directly from our <clears throat> foods? And what specifically should we be consuming then?
2: Yeah, um, you and and I do want to say there. There are people who have immune problems, immune deficiencies, or, or they may have another disease that makes your immune system suppressed or a drug uh, that they're taking for another disease. So those folks, it's, that's a different story. But let's say you're not on medicine that does it or you don't have a disease. What you really want to have is um, <clears throat> the immune system is amazingly well set up to do everything you need to do already. So what it requires, though, is when it is fighting a lot, and here's the thing that people don't realize in many cases, especially like cold and flu season and and when you get new bugs out like this, you're fighting when you don't know you're fighting because your immune system is taking care of you. And you may have no symptoms at all, but when the immune system is up and vigilant, it's using lots of nutrients uh, to, to do its business. So what I always tell people is you might have two, three, four weeks, maybe two months where you're fending off lots of attackers and you don't even know they were there. You've burned up all your nutrients now, and then you get hit with something new or big or, you know, big exposure, and that's when people often get quote-unquote suddenly sick. And so what what we often recommend that people are mindful of, especially during, you know, more of the the time or this time of year with – uh, a longer flu season or a new bug is be mindful of these things that your body needs every day to keep it fed uh, on the nutrient side of things so that you don't run out when the next big thing comes along and you knock knock you down. Um, <clears throat> and so they tend to be a lot of what, what we consider water soluble nutrients to because they'll go, go through us every day. Right. Um, so most of the water soluble vitamins are things like vitamin C, Uh, the B vitamins for the most part. Uh, And then all the minerals uh, are water soluble and zinc and selenium and many of the minerals that we use are very, very uh, important uh, because the, like the first responder cells in your immune system burn through these every day. And if they're very busy, they burn through a whole lot of it.
0: And um, let's talk about this for a second. I mean, our immune system working
2: <clears throat> really is the
0: whole reason why you and I and Tina are pretty much sitting here right now and how we're alive
2: correct right. I mean this is <laughs> exactly yeah yeah if we if we don't have immune function we don't have life that's that's 100 percent.
0: so it's important for it to, to work optimally and do this right because right. you know this is how it gets memory and gains itself I mean and in terms of you know I want to talk a little bit about you know, the people affected and there's, there's um, on your podcast recently, I I listened to, to, and I liked how you referenced that calling the invisible risk when, um, and I really like this because there's, there's, these are the individuals that are truly the ones we need to concern ourselves with because they don't don't automatically look like they're unwell. So can you describe that a little bit?
2: Yeah. The concept of the invisible at risk is, um, I did the podcast just to make people aware, uh, because you and I see this you know, clinically with people, but there 's a lot of people who don 't fit the categories where we 're more concerned rightly concerned about the elderly uh, people with diabetes, people with heart disease, you know the people that you probably know are not feeling well uh, there 's a lot of people in you know, young to middle age ranges who look healthy. But they have a couple of things that may be going on that would make them just as at risk as an elderly person with heart disease. And so some of them are medications. There's a lot of medications people are on for autoimmune diseases, some cancers, and other things uh, that make their life so much better, you know, as far as uh, living and, and quality of life, you know, symptoms. But the medicine is actually working through the immune system in a way that it leaves a big door open for new infections to come in. So those folks have to be very, very careful. But they can look very, you know, they can be 35 and look super healthy. And they're not going to tell everyone they're taking a medicine for their rheumatoid arthritis or something. So that's a big category. The other category, which can also look, uh, you know, totally healthy and normal and maybe younger... Uh, and, and even you know seem to have a normal life and lifestyle are people with a lot of uh, uh, chronic infectious diseases that are being managed, but they 're still there and the way I always tell it is it 's like you have already on board you got one or two or three chronic viral or bacterial things that you 're fighting with, and um, it's it 's sucking resources away so then, if you get a flu or you, get, you know someone has a bad cold or you get coronavirus. Uh, it hits you ten times harder because the resources are gone, <clears throat> so part of the point I was making was just these people are out there, and yet we have to be you know careful with folks that look healthy. The other is just being mindful of that and uh, you know, and if you're you know we, we still haven 't answered the question of uh, you know asymptomatic carriers and super spreaders and all of that sort of stuff of the virus, so my feeling is just err on the side of caution with people and obviously don 't you know, don't go to grandma's house and cough on her, but you know, be, be mindful that you may have friends who are on medications that are not great for their immune system in these times. So just, you know, being careful. is very important.
1: And Dr. Paul, what about those who maybe are on a vegan or vegetarian diet? Are they at a greater risk at all or not necessarily?
2: <clears throat> yeah. You know, diet's interesting in that um, you, you can, you can have, any type of diet that can be either terribly good or terribly bad for you, based on your, you know, physiology and constitution. What I normally see is if someone's uh, a vegan or vegetarian, and they're two things. One is they're educated about how to eat, so that they're getting the array of nutrients they need, et cetera, and that fits their body's physiology. And there are some people it does really well with. Uh, they have no, you know, they're right where everyone else is. There are a lot of people who <clears throat> maybe go vegetarian or, or even vegan don't do a lot of background work. They just don't want to eat you know, animal products anymore, but they're not really getting a full array of the nutrients they need to run things. And that's when you tend to get in trouble, when you're not really mindful of how to mix your foods and eat them correctly. Uh, but people who are doing uh, you know, well-informed vegetarians and vegans do very well as far as nutrients go. Um, kind of the same can be said for other ends of the spectrum too. Now, nowadays, uh, there are, oh, you know, people doing carnivore diets or, uh, you know, let's pick the whole other end of the spectrum, uh, or like in our work with cancer, sometimes certain cancers, while well, people do ketogenic diets and part of the, uh, education there is saying, okay, you, you can be in ketosis, but you still need, um, some, you know, plant material and, you, and here's how to do it and do it correctly. So a lot of it is education. Um, The body is made to, you know, operate under emergencies. It can operate on anything you put into it. But over the long haul, you really want, you know, all the good uh, basics, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, the right fats, uh, a lot of color from the, you know, uh, the vegetable world and and, uh, et cetera to, to keep things running.
0: So it's the colored, uh, you know, I, I like that notion you mentioned about the colors. Like, eat your colors. We always say this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's, a good, it's a good telltale sign of nutrient-dense foods. I yeah. mean, that's what we're talking about in keeping yeah. our immune system primed and just, you know, keeping it steady, right? I guess these nutrient-dense foods are what we really want to look for.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, and, and that's, you know, you try and keep things as simple as possible, at least in the beginning, training somebody, you know, a way to eat or how to think about food. So I always tell people, you know, nature, you know, with the exception of poisonous things, which you're not going to eat, nature normally has a lot of color in the foods that have the most dense nutrients. And so it's not that you can't get the nutrients by eating other stuff, but if you're going to say eat, you know, 500 calories worth of food and you could get you know, uh, 10 times as many nutrients out of those 500 calories by eating a lot of color uh, from the plant world, why not? You know, as opposed to, say, eating um, you know, just uh, 500 calories of starch where you're going to get some nutrients but not a lot. And you, you can mix and match. But, like, uh, what I try to tell people, especially this, you know, during uh, cold and flu seasons, et cetera, is make every bite count. You know, and color is a a really good tell, and it doesn't. You know, we you know, Grandma always tells you eat your greens and stuff like yeah. Green is important, but there's you know, there's a lot of yellow things and red things and you know blue things and and uh, most of them actually taste pretty good. Uh, and the, that's where most of the nutrients are.
0: Yeah, and I guess the idea of uh, the more unprocessed we eat, the more unprocessed food, the better it is yeah. for us as well, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah. When, when you start processing food to keep it shelf stable, et cetera, you lose a lot of, uh, a lot of the nutrients. And one of the things that people, um, most people are pretty, you know, educated through one way or the other about, well, there's vitamins and there's minerals, and then they know there's protein and, you know, fat and things, but uh, something that color in plants brings us, which is super important for immune function are, uh, these polyphenolic compounds are these complex molecules that are part of the color and part of the background of the plant. And they're not really vitamins or minerals or amino acids, but our body uses them to modulate our immune system. So if we're getting that in and, you know, let's say you live in an area where it's winter time and there's a lot less, say fresh produce, et cetera, you do the best you can, you know, but if you're eating, uh, you know, nothing with any of these colors and polyphenols over a longer period of time, you lose a lot of that modulation of your immune system. Yeah, it's that important.
0: Yeah, and just to end off on this particular note, I think for our listeners, it's important to to mention that the idea of the processed food, by consuming more processed foods, by consuming more foods that have not naturally occurred the way they are, For we're not going to make any examples, but we know what the more man-made things, I guess it will definitely... <laughs> It would deplete us though of the nutrients that would then need for that we would need for our immune system,
2: correct? Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> one of the one of the things about processing food is you generally have to add things back in to stabilize it. So it stays either, you know, in whatever form. And what happens is if the body is used to getting the food and processing it itself, the body processes it. It will do it, and it will actually extract more nutrients from it. If you have taken a bunch of things out of that food that used to be there to keep it stable, your body then has to kick in its own resources to balance it out. And so uh, processed food can get you out of balance in many ways. And so you know, it, it's the kind of thing where you're not going to die if you eat some of it, but if all of your diets process food, you have a high correlation with lower immunity, higher amounts of other disease because of that, uh, depletion.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, Dr. Paul Anderson, before we, uh, end off, first off, uh, just hopefully you can come back next week and we can continue our conversation. Um, sure. secondly, let our listeners know where they can connect with you and your team.
2: Yes. The, um, Easiest way is either Instagram or uh, Facebook, and it's almost exactly the same. It's just D uh, like R A, like Doctor A E R A online, and so on uh, Instagram, it's all run together D R A online. On Facebook, it's DR period A online. Uh, so, and and those will link you to other places where uh, where my info is.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Dr. Anderson. And just a reminder to our listeners the diet and lifestyle changes that we discussed today should be reviewed with your own professional, uh, that is, doctor or naturopath. Uh, of course, we're making some recommendations today, um, but uh, they just need to be reviewed by an expert, somebody in the field, either a naturopathic doctor or some skilled medical professional who otherwise would know the ins and outs of your health.
1: And Dr. Mike, just remind our listeners how to connect with you.
0: Well, they can reach us at uh, 905-417-4000. They can call the office. We're there to help you uh, navigate, of course, the waters. They can email us at info at applemed.ca, or they can check us out on Instagram at applemedclinic.
1: That's our show for this week. Previous episodes of Health is Wealth on 1059theregion.com. Dr. Mike and Dr. Anderson are back together next week. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Miranda Malasani. Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike is brought to you by Nature's Emporium, your neighborhood health food store offering everything natural and organic. Visit them to experience a real commitment to wellness, providing exceptional service, premium products, and empowerment through education.